All right, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Polymath Project. Today is Thursday, July 20th, 2023. I hope everyone's having a wonderful summer so far. Um, I am very excited today to have uh, an old and longtime friend, colleague, uh, a man that I respect greatly for the things you know he's done, both personally and professionally, uh, Shamari Scott, welcoming Shamari to the show. I'll give a brief background and then obviously the conversation you know, will speak to um, Shamari's uh, vast experience. Uh, he's currently Chief Business Officer at Health City Cayman Islands, one of the preeminent medical tourism uh, hospitals, uh, medical facilities in the Caribbean, in the world. Um, he's been at that post for 10 years and we've worked together, uh, me from the Blue Liner side during that period. And before that, Shamari was the Director of Tourism for Cayman Islands Department of Tourism uh, and did a fantastic job there. Um, and he's a father of three, an amazing family man, friend, sports fanatic. We're going to get into all that during the conversation today. Shamari, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for coming on. Oh, man, it's great to be here. Great to be here and great to see you as well. And, you know, um, all those great things you said about me, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll pay you afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, we go back a long time, but it's yeah. it's a shame that I haven't seen you in person in, in, in a while. You know, obviously we have the whole you know COVID situation That's and right. uh, hard to travel out. But um, I miss you know obviously I miss you know seeing you and I miss that island, that beautiful set of islands. Um, a lot of people don't know about those sister islands. It's like one of the best kept secrets there in in, in Cayman. And, and uh, how's and, how's life in the Cayman days? Yeah, as, as as you can see, I have the the palm trees behind me and the beautiful Caribbean sea there. Life is great in the Cayman Islands. Um, obviously, we had a little bit of a bump in the road with with COVID, um, but this year tourism has been going bangbuster. So you definitely need to get back. Uh, the great thing is that all of our hotels and restaurants use the break. I could say break during COVID to spruce up all of the facilities or to have new additions to the facilities and new um, service lines. So even though the Cayman Islands has always been high quality for, as a tourism destination prior to COVID, now we're even much further ahead just due to all of those investments. So our tourism is going great. All the restaurants are full. The hotels are full. The beaches are still as beautiful as they were before. And we even have a new few um, attractions that, you know, in addition to what we had previously. So um, everybody's great here in the Cayman Islands. That, um, man, that, that's that's really making me itch to come out. And uh, before we jump into like the business side and all that, let's actually stay on this because this is very exciting to me. And and I think for our audience, uh, and by the way, welcome our audience who's in from LinkedIn Live. It's the first time we're we're going to LinkedIn Live. I think that it's um it's great. Like LinkedIn is the professional business network, so it, it makes sense that you know presentations and, and thought leadership and education. Uh, these kind of conversations would be very useful there. And, and we've uh, we've connected to different groups in the wellness space as well as tourism. So welcome to anyone who's awesome. joining uh, from there. Um, so let's let's stay on this because, uh, man, I mean, with we've worked with and come there so many times. And I always tell the story to people that when you work with the Cayman Islands, and this was when you were in the post mm -hmm. of director, you can't be an agency or do marketing for the Cayman Islands without coming and experiencing the product. That's like a mandate that you guys have. And it makes sense. Those, those fam trips, those tours, and um, just so wonderful 
so wonderful, so many experiences, Stingray City, et cetera. So, so what are some of these new attractions? I mean, maybe give me one or two. I know you have you know, <laughs> a big crowded house there with, with, with mostly boys, right? And, and yeah, wife, definitely. Wife babysitting all you guys. But uh, <laughs> what, what are some of the things the boys like? What's cool for different different groups coming through? Yeah, so I mean, I mean, we always have those, you know, true um, and tested attractions. Stingray City, which many years ago now, now you, you aged me by talking um, about how long ago I was in tourism <laughs> and working with you. But many, many over a decade ago when I was in tourism and still to this day, the Stingray City tour is is one of the best um outdoor adventure tours in the world and it's in the wild right so you actually take a boat out to what we will um to an area where you can actually stand in in the sand so it's in the middle of the sea but then you get to stand in the sand and with your tour guide you're actually able to feed the stingrays touch the stingrays it's like velvet underneath and the top is like a cat's tongue. So it's interesting textures. So it's a puppy's tongue underneath, a cat's tongue on top. <laughs> and and it's still, I remember TripAdvisor, and once again, this was over a decade ago. Um, we were the we had the number one adventure tour in the world, three years running based on one of the tour operators that was specifically going to Stingray City. So that's always very unique. The only place you can actually touch stingrays in the wild very safe um and that's still top one of the top attractions but of late and, and, and don't forget kissing the stingrays right right and the seven years of good luck now i, I must admit i haven't gone as far as kissing the stingray <laughs> but many of us have many of us have um but i but i haven't done that i saved my kisses for for special people <laughs> there you go, there you go. Uh, but but now just to mention that what's really been taking off um and it would have been towards the tail end of my career at the department of tourism is crystal caves and it's a natural habitat that's in our eastern districts. So Seven Mile Beach is your cosmopolitan area. You have the Kimpton, the Ritz, beautiful beach, a lot of restaurants. And then if you want a more rustic um, type of vacation, you can even come to the eastern side of the island, which right there nestled within a lot of the condos and the, the few hotels that we have on that side is this beautiful natural attraction that, you know, you can go through you can see all of the various structures that are there. there you know, we have bats that are actually in there yeah, as well. Yeah. We have different flora and fauna, great tour guides. And my understanding is um, of the actual employment at Crystal Caves is 100% Caymanian. So you're getting your true, authentic Caymanian voice and stories as you go through. And, and my son actually loves crystal caves and they have certain crystals that are there that obviously you have to purchase and you know he always <laughs> makes sure do you, you have enough money dad and i'm like yes 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 i do which, i know which which one of your boys really loves it that's the one that's levi so that's the middle one uh, he's the real adventurer i'm not a fisherman my father's not a fisherman but somehow through my grandfather and my grandfather's father it's passed through the genes yeah, and man. he figures out which one of his friends actually has boats and he'll let me know i'm going over to so-and-so's house and we're going fishing i'm like oh, okay <laughs> go right ahead i can't help you with that um so he's really our nature lover and he is, loves crystal caves just based 
it's on the nature, the unique, um, the that's unique amazing. Um, natural environment that's there that, that Levi really loves it. And um, it's one of the top attractions now that has grown over the years in, in the Cayman Islands. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've been there a couple of times and I took Ada and my son, but he was, he was young at that time. He was like four and a half. Right. Uh, right. But he, he loved it. He loved it at that time. I mean, he's eight now. So we, we got, we got to get out there, man. We'll get out there again soon. Um, you know, you mentioned about, you know, the local Caymanians and I know that's always been part of the mission is, is obviously it's a, as you said, Cayman is a beautiful place to come to live. So you have a lot of you got the expats, you got a lot of you know immigrant immigration coming in and people as well. So it's a really nice mix, but you're right. It's always great to have the locals, you know, um, there. They've they've got the history. And and I mean, speak about your own history. So you were you were born in, in Cayman? So yeah, so I'm a multi-generational Caymanian. My roots come from one of those beautiful smaller islands that you're talking about in Cayman Brack. Um, wow. So my grandmother and grandfather from my father's side were, were both born in, in, in Cayman Brack. But what was interesting is my grandfather, my great-grandfather, um, was a seaman, and he was lost at sea. Um, typically happens to, you know, back in the days, that was the only industry we had in the Cayman Islands because just based on the topography and and, and the soil, we didn't have any goods for export from a farming perspective um so a lot of our men had to leave to go make money being merchant marines and and the such on the sea and my great-grandfather was one of them he had married a a young lady from from jamaica who was my great-grandmother and she was in the brac um with my grandfather when he was lost at sea and then moved back to Jamaica. And it was interesting because back then Cayman belonged to Jamaica and a lot of our schooling would have happened in Jamaica. So my grandmother actually went to there. There was a street in Jamaica that had a lot of Caymanian families. And she went there to actually go to school and to visit some family. And my grandfather was on the sea and he came back to look for one of the captains. And it was, he saw the house he saw the woman he said he was going to marry. And wow. then after one week, he told her he was going to bring her a ring. And sure enough, after he came back a year later, he had a ring. They got married and 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 that's it. And they moved back to Grand Cayman eventually. And and here I am today. So it's a very interesting um, story that a lot of Caymanians share history with Jamaica. And when you talk about the inclusive nature of Cayman, the reason we believe that we're so inclusive is that we had industries of, of, of the sea and captains of the sea that went and interacted with so many different nationalities across the world and understood that it takes a lot of different skill sets to actually achieve your goals when it comes to shipping and the such. So when they eventually came back home, they brought that same energy with them, knowing that then over time, we allowed persons from the outside to come to help us build this economic miracle that, that we have today called the Cayman Islands with the fifth largest financial center, one of the top tourism destinations. And that's part of why, you know, even though we were doing very well in tourism, when I stepped aside, I had told people in two years, We'll have the greatest um, number of visitors in the history of the Cayman Islands. And then I'll be looking for that next opportunity because I didn't see myself as a lifetime civil servant. And sure enough, it was two years early, but this project came up. 
we had already hit that tipping point that I knew no matter what, we would be able to achieve those numbers. And I said to myself, what best can I do for the Cayman Islands now that tourism is doing well, if not start another industry? And that industry was the potential of, of medical tourism. Now, a lot of people thought I was crazy because, you know, Cayman Islands isn't known for its healthcare, but the fact that we were going to have a model, I understood that we were going to take from NH, our parent organization, and Dr. Shadi will get into speaking about him as well. He had a vision that, you know, a solution isn't a solution if it isn't affordable, is, is one of the actual quotes that you'll get from him. And he talks about the fact that 100 years after the first heart surgery, you know, 80% of the world's population either can't afford it or can't gain access to it. And he was able, when going back to India from the UK, because he's originally from India, went to the UK, worked for Guy Hospital in the UK, one of the top, top hospitals there as a cardiothoracic surgeon. And he wanted to reduce the cost of um, what, for instance, a coronary artery bypass would be one of the typical um, surgeries that a heart surgeon will will actually do. And he wanted to reduce it by half, if not 75%, so more of the population in India can gain access to it. And he was able to do that through his efficiencies and some of the other areas that we'll talk about later in the podcast. But then he was saying, how can I now prove this concept in the West. And he chose the Cayman Islands, which is probably one of your higher cost jurisdictions that we have high GDP, um, you know, great services across financial services and tourism and other industry. But with that comes some higher costs of doing business. And if he could actually reduce the cost of tertiary healthcare in a high cost jurisdiction, making it affordable, it would prove the concept and actually allow people on this side of the world to gain access to some of the highest quality healthcare, but disassociating that with high cost and, and making it affordable. So when he had that talk to me and, and I kind of understood what we were doing, which had never been done before, so that innovation that Cayman Islands is known for as well, is more or less we were taking a fully functional hospital with all of the leadership, all of the top physicians that have done thousands of surgeries that are top-notch, top, notch, top um, in, in class from a healthcare perspective with the nurses, the anesthesiologists, the quality control, control team, and more or less picked the building up, yeah. brought it across the seas, and dropped it in a beautiful location. Um, somebody who previously would have been born in the Cayman Islands or would have been resident in the Cayman Islands wouldn't have had the ability, if that's the only place they had their medical career, to have the thousands of surgeries and experience to become that top-notch individual. And that's why a lot of the other islands wouldn't necessarily be able to afford some of the equipment just because you don't have the throughput, um, as well as the doctors who would have been trained at that level. So we were able to do that in the Cayman Islands um, almost a decade ago, because come next February um, will be uh, our anniversary of of when we actually cut the ribbon to say we're open, but April would have been when we were actually licensed to be able to have our first patient. And we've been able to showcase that it can be done. And for instance, our cardiac um, bypass 
all inclusive. You you know exactly what it's going to cost before you come. Um, will range anywhere depending on 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 the level between twenty two thousand and thirty thousand US. And I even have an article that's right there on my board over here that you can't see um, that talks about what I learned from my hundred and ninety thousand dollar open heart surgery. So. Okay. So in the in New York and other areas, it can cost you anywhere from 190 to 250. Imagine having the same quality of outcomes and even better because we 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 actually track our KPIs in the Cayman Islands, beautiful location for a fraction of that cost between 22 and, and 30,000 USD. It's it's no, it's it's miraculous. And the vision I remember when you know you were still at DOT and and we were there in the East End, um, you know, with Gene. Gene yes. Thompson and I want to talk about him a little as well. And we we took that that little tour, and they were That's just right. the construction guys were there. Dr. Shetty was there with this. That's right. You know, everyone had their hard hats on, and and yep. um, they were laying the first bricks. They were laying the foundation. Um, and when he spoke, I mean, I want to get into Dr. Shetty and his vision and 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 his not even eloquence, just his his aura, right? I mean, mm -hmm. I know you've been out to India to kind of see how they operate and, and you were one over and, and that's what kind of brought you over here now, as you said, a decade. Uh, I know there was behind the scenes before the ribbon cutting as well, right? So um, yeah, I mean, talk about what makes, I mean, besides you already mentioned, like the expertise, the skill, the efficiencies, the equipment, what, what else, maybe some of the intangibles or what is it about the vision? I mean, and, and you could talk about Nariana as well, right? Because they run a very successful operation, what, 20 plus, right, um, locations in, in throughout India as well? Definitely, definitely. So they have over 6,000 beds, one of the largest healthcare organizations in the world, um, and obviously one of the largest in, in India as well. And and Dr. Shetty really wanted to, to change how we go about thinking about healthcare. He will say, you know, Shamari, look at your your iPhone that that you have today, and you know, is that the same cost as it was six years ago or a decade ago? And if it's obviously not one of the newest models, but but <laughs> one of the mid range models, um, you'll say no. Well, it, it actually costs less today. And he's like, okay, and he'll give you different examples that way. And he said, okay, so for most products and services, given time, given research. Um, given innovation, the cost goes down, correct? Just like that first computer, just like that first TV, just like that first car. And and you're, well, yes. He's like, so why is it that healthcare is the only industry that with time, with research, with innovation, the cost not only increased, the exponentially increase over time to the point where it's it's putting serious burden on governments and and the citizens and that's why a lot of time even if you are insured you may not be fully insured or you may not be able to actually access certain care even within the US um and I'm not sure if it's if this statistic is 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 still true but it would have been a few years ago the reason for the number one reason for personal bankruptcies in the US was was healthcare healthcare related yeah. costs that that persons couldn't actually cover and he said that's wrong and it should reach the point where healthcare is just like your iphone is like now your iphone if i take that away from you you might actually believe you're going to die but you actually won't but why is it you know access to something that is life or death 
actually means that if you can't afford, therefore you get the best. And if you can't, then you're left to your own devices and, and many perish. And he wants to turn that paradigm um, upside down. And that's why through the model that we're able to offer here, even at Hell City in the West, with some of the costs that we have and the highest quality of outcomes, um, you know, it's it's been covered by USA Today, our health city. It's been covered by PBS. Um, Harvard Business Review has also had stories on us because it's a unique model that's usually, you know, if you're going to get a Ferrari, you're going to pay Ferrari prices. Yeah. The fact yeah. that you're getting the, and, and at times when we have, it's interesting when we have patient testimonials, they say it's like the Ritz-Carlton, right? Not only from the quality of outcomes and the fact that they fix the issue and at an affordable price, but the service here is like the Ritz-Carlton of healthcare. So we're able to actually offer that service, help to save lives, help to reach even children in need, right? So, yeah. so, so, but do it at an affordable price or at a price that's able to that persons, if they need to rearrange their finances, can do it and still afford. There, right. there are stories, for instance, of even um, a, a family in Guatemala, as an example. Their young child had a cardiac issue, and to hold a bed in the U.S., it was anywhere between a hundred and two hundred thousand dollars just to hold a bed. Now, the family came from enough means that they thought they would be able to afford it, but they couldn't afford $100,000 just to hold a bed. We were able, with an air ambulance and to have the procedure, the family found Health City, that we were able to save that young life for $35,000. So that's a scenario that the, the gentleman said, without Health City being here, it's a godsend. I don't know what we would have done. And he hates to think about it, but his child probably wouldn't have been able to get the procedure that they would have wanted. And there's so many stories like that. I remember Dr. Shetty, when I was with him at the very beginning, and we were driving in a vehicle, and he said, Shamari, breathe in. So I, so I breathed in, and he said, um, so, so, so what are you breathing? I said, um, the, the air? He's like... Okay, Shamar, we're going to go back to biology 101. What in the air are you breathing in to be alive? And I said, well, let me think. Oxygen? And he's like, yes, Shamar, oxygen. It wasn't a trick question. And I was thinking it was a trick question because obviously I'm the marketer and didn't have the scientific <laughs> background. What's the but catch? He like, <laughs> but he said, yes, the oxygen. So he's like, so you need oxygen to be alive, correct? I said, well, yes, obviously I need oxygen to be alive. But then he looked at me and he said, but is oxygen your reason for being? I said, well, no, it isn't my reason for being. He said, okay, the reason I give you that analogy is that as a private healthcare facility, we're going to need to raise revenue and make money, right? To be able to afford the best equipment, to hire the best doctors, to have the best staff, to give the best outcomes possible. So that revenue, you as a marketer, going to bring through the doors, going to help us to do all of that. But that money you bring through the door is just the oxygen. That's what keeps us alive. But that isn't our reason for being. Our reason for being is to make sure that we're as efficient as possible so we can lower the cost so that we can reach as many people as possible in order to be able to save as many lives and to change as many lives as possible. And then he mentioned, you know, there's a high cost jurisdiction that 
just based on the overhead and the actual cost of doing business, if they wanted to give away a surgery to save a life or to raise funds, especially if it's a child, it would actually cost $100,000. He said, so they can raise $100,000 to save one life. We want to get our efficiencies to a point where the actual cost is, let's say, $10,000 to save that life. So if we raise $100,000 to have charitable giving, we can save 10 lives versus one life. And that's why we drive, obviously, to reduce costs, to make it as cost-efficient as possible so as many people can gain access. But even when we get our babies from Bolivia and from Haiti and from Fiji and from Kenya and from Mongolia that come from all these different places to see us right here in the Caribbean in the Cayman Islands, because we're able to say we can do this, this really complex cardiac pediatric surgery for 10,000 or 5,000 or 15,000, we get droves of babies here through charitable giving to be able to save those babies that otherwise would, would perish. And, and, and that's the real reason why Dr. Shetty is there. He, he mentioned while we were driving in the car, he said, Shamari, I'm a cardiac surgeon. I was like, obviously, yes. And he's like, I remember uh, many years ago, somebody kept calling um, to speak to me, but you know, I'm a cardiac surgeon. I'm busy. So I'm like, take a message. I'll speak to the person later. And the individual just kept saying, no, 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 I need to speak to Dr. Shetty. And he kept telling his assistant, well, we'll just get them to come in. I'll see the person because I can't make a house visit. I can't take the diagnostic equipment with me. So they need to come in anyway. Um, and the person just said, no, 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 I can't come in. And then eventually he said, all right, let me take the call. And it was a gentleman. And he said, you know, his first thought was it was somebody that probably was of means that wanted him to come and make the house visit because they didn't want to necessarily come through the regular doors at a hospital to, to see him. But when he spoke to the person, he said, I can't tell you what it's about, um, but all I can tell you is if you make this house visit, it will change the rest of your life. And he said right then and there, he understood and he could feel that, you know, it was God talking and saying, all right, go ahead and make that house visit. And when he made the house visit, it was Mother Teresa. And he said, and obviously the gentleman was somebody associated with Mother Teresa. He said, well, Mother Teresa, why wouldn't you just tell me it was you? Because obviously I, I would have come. And she's like, no, no, I knew that you were the type of person that if we are persistent, you, because of your caring heart, would come to see me. And sure enough, you proved me right in regards to the fact that your heart is so caring that even though you had no clue what it is, you heard it was important enough and you came and you showed up. And she said, I'm here because I want your gifts to be spread so that we can help a lot of obviously Mother Teresa's life, the children that were from lower socioeconomic backgrounds to be able for those that needed to get um, cardiac surgery to be able to get. So she traveled with him. And when he was showing her the hospital and the ICU bed and the sea of babies that they help every single day, you know, he touched one of the babies, picked up the baby and showed to Mother Teresa and said, now, I always wanted to ask somebody close enough to God why he would do this. The baby has had, hardly had a chance at life, but like, why would God do this and not create a life that was ready to go? And she smiled. She touched his shoulder and said, you're asking the wrong question. The right question is, why did God give you the talent in your hands 
Why did God give you your vision? And that's so that you can heal all these babies and you can actually, through your outreach, reach as many people in need as possible. And from that day forward, he even more so doubled down on his vision of wanting to help people without means, because that is what healthcare is about, but doing it through the private sector. So through innovation, you can innovate, you can do it more cost efficiently, and you can get the highest quality of outcomes, whereby in other systems, at some point in time, you know, over time, equipment gets old, and the such. So it's a unique model that is high quality, delivering the highest level of outcomes, but yet at prices that people can afford and also doing great things from a charitable perspective. Right yeah. now, we've probably helped to save over 650 lives of young people who otherwise wouldn't have been able to afford the types of surgeries that we're giving. That's incredible. That's incredible. It's such a testament, not just to his character, but, uh, you know, to, and I've been in person with him too. The strength yes. of that vision makes yes. you want to work to bring that vision to life as, as you've made a whole career shift and dedicated yourself. And I know you're not alone in that. There's hundreds mm -hmm. of people in the staff, doctors, people that have moved, you know, changed their life, moved to a whole new continent to, to see this through. And uh, it's, it's wonderful to hear that that model was established in the East, so to speak, and that's now come to the West and uh, can hopefully is already a role model for others to, to study and, and try to replicate, um, and what I really love in what you described, Dr. Shetty's vision is really this balance between, let's call it, you know, the socialism and, and, and the socialistic forces and all in one, all together, care for our weakest and, you know, aiding everybody, right? Like that sign that's in front of the hospital that we want to talk about, but balancing that with, you know, just the forces of business and, and call it capitalism, right? And Mm -hmm. At least in the U.S., that's often so polarized. It's like it's this system or it's this system. And that's never the way I felt it. I always felt, why can't we earn money and have a good living while doing good, right? while bringing Correct. our gifts to the world? I know you believe that as well. I think it requires kind of a little bit of a, quite a bit of a spiritual basis because we don't mm -hmm. just live in a, a purely material realm here, right? There is an essence and a spirituality and something that that pervades everything and and it's just balance in the midst of that and and a lot of skill and efficiency and 10 years you know mm -hmm. to make definitely it happen. Um, definitely yeah, and and amazing. even to that point um Armand you know I was a civil servant right I was in the government system that is built on the premise that it's for the public good everything that we're doing you know is for the public good it's for the Cayman Islands it's for the people of the Cayman Islands so to make the switch to come to a for-profit entity, right, it, it was interesting that it was an easy sell for me. And the reason it was an easy sell for me was because of Dr. Ishadi's vision and the fact that he actually said that the only way to do this and to reach as many people as possible and to give them the best health care is through innovation, is through the private sector, is through what we do but having those values that align, that everybody's rowing in the right direction. And yes, our reason for being is to make oxygen. Sorry. Yes, we need the oxygen in the room to survive. And we need the revenue to survive and to do great things as a healthcare organization. But that isn't our reason for being. Because he even made the comment that, you know, if 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 God was to come down and to say, John Doe, who is already a multi-billionaire, I can give you 
you know, anything in the world. There's nothing that God would be able to give or buy for that individual. And he said, but there's so many people like that, that there's nothing that they, they can, they can buy, but their purpose is to make more money. Right. And he's like, why is the purpose to make more money? You can buy anything you want right now. And he said, that's why you always need to be aligned in regards to the fact that what is your true purpose? And his true purpose here is to change healthcare and make sure that anybody of any walk of life can get the highest quality of healthcare. And that's our purpose. And now we need to make the revenue on the other hand and have the efficiencies and have the innovation to join that together to make it happen. So I, I say it was an easy switch, but being in a very comfortable government job that was doing very well and the um, and the stature that would come with that, it, it was difficult to go into the unknown, right? And it's up east and it hadn't been proven really elsewhere in the Caribbean and it was a totally new concept. But the fact that I, I really saw what he had done in India and I yeah. believe that, you know what? I feel that I have a place. I'll never be able to save a life, right? But I will be able to help to create another industry in the Cayman Islands, which will help to save lives based on some of the work I'm doing. And, and that was fulfilling for me. And, and that was enough that I said, you know what? Even if I'm not successful, nobody, my children, if your children can look at you and your parents can look at you and say, you know what? His heart was in the right place. He did the right thing. That's That's all that matters. And here we are 10 years later and successful. Hundred percent, man. You're making, you're making, I'm, you're, I'm sure you're making your whole family proud and, and all of Cayman Islands because I, I know it's not a, again, it's not a big <laughs> Island. I think it's population 70,000 or so. I, I believe. Yeah. Right? So we're, we're, we're around 73,000 officially, but um, probably after COVID we're, we're closer to 80,000, but regardless, okay. um, small <laughs> in number, but large in stature. We've always, Absolutely. Well, you got 2 million plus visitors coming also. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It doesn't feel yes. small at all. Feel, yes. feels, uh, One of the top wonderful. financial services um, countries in the world. So we've 100%. always, we've always batted above our weight. And now we're doing that with, with healthcare as well, which is what's interesting. We always have three prongs for any industry that we want to bring here. And that's quality, leadership, and innovation. And you can get that from the tourism sector. We were one of the first, um, now I'm aging myself again. I was an intern <laughs> at the time, but we were one of the first destination marketing governmental agencies to have a website in the Caribbean many, many, many years ago when websites were new. And that's because we understood the innovation that was needed back then from a travel tourism perspective. Um, and then obviously all the innovation that happens from financial services. And now we're doing that in healthcare as well. Yeah. So, so I want to dig in a little more on a couple of things. One is going into, you know, what's actually happening at health city, because I remember the first building and then I know there's, there's been expansion there. Um, but like, but your role, right. I mean, you came in, in kind of a marketing role, right. And now you're in, you know, chief business officer. So, I mean, can you talk about that a little bit? Like, cause I mean, you've always been involved in the business side, mm -hmm. you know, and it's always been fascinating to watch you operate, you know, like basically working with the doctors hand in hand and, and obviously learning a lot. You're not a surgeon, but like you, you, you have a lot of language and understanding. I'm sure now that you didn't have before, but mm -hmm. going from kind of like 
I feel like you were never just purely on the marketing side for them, but I know your title changed and you, you, your scope has changed. I mean, how's that been for you just personally, professionally in terms of? No, it's absolutely fabulous. So obviously I came in first as the director of marketing and sales because we needed oxygen in the building. We needed that revenue in the building. And it was really doing a job from a PR perspective to get the brand out there so that the Caribbean and certain entities within the U.S. as well as um, Canada, for instance, understood what we were offering, why we were here, um, and the fact that it is a solution for you. So, you know, getting our dusting off and making sure that we understood what our unique selling propositions were within each country that we're going into, because it, it could be different, right? Depending on the the, the healthcare makeup there, the capabilities, um, the payer market, from a, in whether it's government insurer or private insurer or self-pay. And there's some islands have mixes, some are heavily one way, some are the other. Um, and it was really just making sure that we were able to package Health City in a way that we were solving issues for either individuals or governments, and then get that air bridge on, on airlines to bring in patients. And even one client that I didn't think about it before, but my tourism hat um, helped out in that way is that we, obviously, I didn't know that before I did research, um, even the cruise lines. So they're self-insured. And they're looking for high quality services for their crew members. One cruise line can have close to the Cayman Islands population as crew members across various ships that all, you know, they they fall, they they have carpal tunnel that needs to be operated on. They have cardiac issues that need to be dealt with. And it was just making sure that obviously I was finding the right customers and the right targets and to put them in contact with Health City and solving that gap um, that they would have had and, and solving that problem. And then as my role has expanded, we've expanded into helping other countries, right? Whether it's from a consultancy perspective and helping some of the primary, secondary care um, from a technology perspective or from a running of the hospital um, perspective to make it more efficient. So our goal is always to make it more efficient and to get the best out of either the people and or the processes and um, obviously the equipment that we have. And we're helping in other Caribbean countries with that now. Um, obviously, the higher levels of surgeries will always come to Cayman. But if we can help them to solidify primary and secondary care in those countries, we're helping to elevate those countries um, through partnerships to to a different level, whether it's in the governmental sector or in the in the private sector. And, you know, my father always tells me when you leave this world, the one thing you leave with are people's memories of you and your name and what your name actually stands for. And anything that I'm doing and the team that we have, the great team that we have, we always ask the question, you know, if we were to leave after we have a relationship of a year or two years, did we leave that relationship either making that country better or the 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 network better or the framework better? And if we haven't, that means we haven't seen success. And that's why, even though obviously we want the Cayman Islands to be successful, we want Health City to be successful, we want to reduce costs, but we also want to help in those countries to help elevate wherever necessary so that they can see the benefits of a relationship with Health City, which once again is helping Dr. Shetty's vision to help them to reduce costs, to help them to get better, gain better access to healthcare. However, Health City is able to do that. That's, that's what we look forward to, to being able to achieve.
That's that's amazing. So it's, it's elevating the whole region in a sense, and and while also, as you said, because it's like that, um, uh, an island that's very accessible from most places in the U.S., if not everywhere. I think it's what an hour flight from Miami. That's um, correct. One into, hour from Miami. In, into that airport, which I know, as you said, with the growth of tourism and, and even a little bit of population, they've continued to grow the airport. Definitely. Since, you know, yeah. It's been a while since I've been there, but last time I was there, I saw you know, that project and, and I'm sure that we developed has- and it's continuing based on, based on projections for the future. We need to um, more quickly than we thought build the other phases in order to handle the visitation that's coming in. Yeah. The visitation from all sectors, as you said, Correct. including, including medical tourism. So, right. so speak, speak now, let's speak now directly kind of, I guess a little bit more towards the U S audience, right. In terms of um, what are the kind of things that, you know, uh, middle-aged guys like myself and others can, can come, you know, ex- I know there's like executive health check and, and what might be coming down the pipe, like a little mm-hmm. bit of trends you're seeing in medical tourism. And I know health city is always at the cutting edge, if not ahead. So what are some of the cutting edge, edge things now that you're putting into place that you see coming forward and how, how can we access that? Like what's a good, you know, Hey, you're coming here for a vacation with your family. Why don't you book a day or, it doesn't always have to be an emergency, right? Although no, it could no, be definitely not. well, like a second opinion, all that stuff. Definitely. So, I mean, we have obviously from a, from a general tourism perspective, um, for persons who would like to have an executive health check, usually would take a day to two days in, in some of your other high quality institutions within the U.S. We have gotten it to a point where just based on our size and our efficiency, we're able to give you a full health check in half a day with your results at the end, um, speaking to your physician. And this is more or less taking that car in for that that diagnostics check, just to lift up the hood and make sure everything is working um, correctly. We're able to do that um, right here at, at, at Health City at an affordable price. It's probably a fifth of what it would cost for less than a thousand US dollars. You're able to have your full executive health check here in the Cayman Islands. So that's for your regular visitors that may already be here or or traveling for um, leisure. However, within the US, we have agreements with um, self-insured companies mm. that are looking for because they're paying it, right? They're actually paying for their health care for their actual um, employees that are looking for high quality low-cost jurisdictions to be able to send their employees. So what they do is they give them business class. You can take a companion. You can get your knee replacement, um, your shoulder replacement. Now, we see a lot of manufacturing companies that would have long-term employees that are starting to wear out their shoulders, their knees, and the such, um, spinal surgery, and 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 the such. And we actually, you know, because we're giving them back so, many, so much savings, at times, they, depending on which company, they share some of those savings, for instance, up to $2,000 with the employee who actually travels now. So not only do you get a beautiful vacation and a beautiful good destination, have top-notch medical equipment and physicians that fix the issue, you also get some money in your back pocket when, when you go back home as well. And, and that's been working really well from a self-insured model with companies working directly with, with Health City or sometimes um, through third parties that that's what they do um, right here sounds, at, that at Health sounds City. Wonderful. That, sound, yeah. that sounds wonderful. And uh, it's, um, as you said, it's the efficiencies, it's, it's the ability to go out, have, have the trip, 
and then also have your recovery happen in a place where, you know, and, and you guys have some, some rehabilitation services as well for people that are definitely stay. Definitely. Um, we do when we, we actually have condo units right on site for any patient that has to stay um, longer than your typical um, stay so that they, sure. you know, we, we control the cost, right? So that was the other thing. Um, obviously, being a tourism destination, it ebbs and flows with high season, but we wanted to be able to offer one cost. So we have um, accommodations that when you need to have a longer stay, you can stay there and still get your medical attention. Um, and it's for an affordable price that you know ahead of time. And companies love that. The cruise lines love that. Individuals um, also also love the fact that we're able to to do that as well. Um, Armand, you would have you would have mentioned what's to come. So now, persons who don't know the Cayman Islands, we're in the Eastern Districts, really only half an hour from town, 45 minutes if you're driving slow. Um, however, just understanding, you know, the need for our crew members from cruise ships that come off on a daily basis, those that only need diagnostics to drive up to East End and drive back can be a little bit onerous at times. Um, we've actually, we're actually developing a new hospital that we're going to offer to obviously the entire community, but medical tourism right in the center of town. There's a beautiful new city that's called Kamana Bay, and we're within the Kamana Bay um, campus that we are right now, the first phase, we're offering radiotherapy for those um, cancer care patients that need not only chemo or surgical, but need some radiotherapy. We have the actual radiotherapy center that's up. That's up, once again, a fraction of the cost of more expensive healthcare networks that persons obviously locally will gain the benefit, but as well from the Caribbean. And we're looking to see if there if there's need in other areas as well. And then come April of next year, um, we'll have that new brand spanking new hospital that will be able to also offer neonatal care for, you know, premature babies. And we call them million dollar babies when they go into <laughs> the US because that's usually what it costs. And once wow. again, it's going to be a fraction of that. So a lot of times um, individuals will have maximums of their insurance that will go up to 500,000 or 750,000 lifetime. And if it's a million dollars to hold a bed, they can't afford it. We're going to be able to give that solution so that they'll be able to gain help um, for their premature babies and the such with our neonatology unit and wing that we're bringing up in Kamana Bay. Um, we're going to have the full slew of, of you know, orthopedics, cardiac, neuro, general surgery, spine surgery, everything um, right under that one roof as well still keeping the East L campus and having obviously the longer ICU stays will be in the East End campus, but your more of your daycare procedures will happen in the Kamana Bay facility. And it would, it would have been a, you know, Dr. Shetty, right? It would have been probably about eight years ago that he realized that as much as they're doing in healthcare and physical build and physicians and equipment, um, technology is where it's going. So yeah. they would have hired over 200 software engineers and the such um, over eight years ago. And they're working on different, obviously, electrical medical records that are doctor friendly, that you're able to track patients over time remotely and the such. And we're looking at in the in the near future, having a lot of interconnectivity from persons who are at home into systems that we have 
physicians monitoring remotely, being able to speak to them remotely. So his vision is in the future, the majority of people won't actually be coming to a hospital. The only time they'll come is when they actually need surgery. The majority will be able to be treated or understand under understand what's needed from home. And you through telecommunication, right. you'll be able to deal with it as well as you can make home visits um, versus clogging your hospital system with individuals that actually don't need to be there and can actually get high quality care from home. And that's the new frontier with wearables and linking into physicians systems and being able to last time he was in Cayman and we're rolling that out as well. Um, on his phone, he's able to scroll through his phone, obviously the secure, and he's able to see all of his patients that are back in India, what medication they got, you know, what their blood pressure is at that point in time and communicate with nurses when he's even away. And obviously there are physicians there in the hospital as well, but to say, no, 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 that isn't the amount of medicine we need. Let's try this and, and the such, and he's able to do it remotely. So he has a hospital in his hand, right? That's wonderful. That's that, wonderful. That, Listen, I mean, most people, most people don't, you know, love the idea of going to the hospital. So if they can get the service, the advice they need, like the way we're talking now, um, that's 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 what people would prefer, you know, as long as they're getting the right advice, um, quality. And I know that you guys also have that second opinions and the ability Correct. to do tele, telehealth, which I think is, even if you know you're coming and you need to come for a procedure executive health check, to have a 15-minute check-in with your doctor that you're going to meet on island mm -hmm. beforehand, it's, it's very efficient all around, right? Definitely. And and, and that was, so we were doing that before COVID, right? So that was part of the process where the doctor had to speak and see um, the patient. And obviously we would get the medical records that they would have prior to coming to surgery. So that through our international team, that was already happening, right? So it was just interesting during COVID when Zoom took off and Teams took off and really in green, because you couldn't um, actually meet again in person. We were already ahead of the game and had, you know, use that technology and wasn't hard for us to just pivot uh, and to be able to then move everything online. We were already doing a, a portion of our daily activity online, just based on the, the innovation that we have within the hospital. That's wonderful, man. Um, so, so just in summary, you know, high tech, um, more remote access. Um, for those that don't know the Cayman Islands, I, I think it's fantastic that you have this new location and services more in kind of the central area where most of the hotels definitely and it's just yes. more accessible especially for those people as you said especially the cruise ships they don't have as much time or a short trip and it's it's not always easy to get out to the east mm -hmm. end um so i think that's that's a huge addition congratulations on all of that um, i'm gonna let you go soon but i'd be remiss if we didn't at least mention someone who is influential in in health city as well as in Cayman in general Gene Thompson, who I know is someone, you know, you were close to as well. Can you say a few words about Gene and what he meant, you know, oh, no. to Cayman, you personally, your connection. Um, mm -hmm. And um, yeah, he, he's, he's someone who uh, I want to make sure we, we, we talk about. No, definitely. So, so Gene is one of those stalwarts. Gene Thompson is one of those stalwarts of Cayman society that Hell City wouldn't have been here if it wasn't for him. So obviously you need a visionary like a Dr. Shetty. Um, who is willing to, with his team, make a leap 
um, to come to a little known place, Cayman Islands in India. I always ask every doctor, did you hear about Cayman Islands before? And I've never heard one of them say, actually, yes, I heard of it prior to this project. So they're, you know, they were going into what they thought was the wilderness, even though we're a beautiful um, destination, but you needed the Dr. Shetty and his team with the vision, and then you needed the government of the day, right, with uh, McKeeva Bush and Mark Scotland and that entire team with their vision to say, yes, this is a good thing. And there were certain laws and such that needed to be changed to allow for this type of um, this type of project to happen. But then the glue would be the Gene Thompson, who was the glue on the ground that made sure to connect both, made sure to move every boulder one step further until it was downhill running until we would have what we have today. Um, you know, People will remember him, obviously, as the developer in regards to the various buildings and various projects he would have developed. Um, he also, from a tourism perspective, the first dolphin attraction, which added to the tourism product, he was the driving force behind that as well. Um, what's the name but, of that Dolphin Cove? What, what's the name of that attraction? They're, yeah, they're both they're both they're both under the same ownership now. But Dolphin Cove was the was the original. Um, right dolphin dolphin arium that that was there and but even more so than that just because of all of the lives that health city has saved people couldn't foresee right all of the lives young lives um you know middle-aged lives and even some grandparents that health city has either helped the quality of life or actually helped to save a life that they're now seeing the ripples of that 22 year old who got in an accident, had a pull through the chest, not to be too graphic. And if Hell City wasn't here, he would have perished. And now, years later, he has a family and he's contributing to society. Those intangibles people couldn't foresee before we came here. And they will always think about Gene Thompson being one of the driving forces that brought Hell City here and all of the lives that he would have touched um, based on the fact that he lost his father um, to cancer, right? Mm -hmm. And he wanted to eventually reach the, the portion whereby we would have cancer care here that probably couldn't save his father, but will save generations in the future. And it, it was to the point that when we actually have a radiotherapy, we have named it the Gene Thompson Radiotherapy Center after him knowing that that was the main reason that he wanted to do it um and we've reached that part now it's just sad that he isn't here physically to see it but we know that he is spiritually there seeing and, and understanding understanding that that we did achieve what he wanted to achieve as well yeah no that's that's wonderful he's such a positive and energetic uh inspiring uh, individual. I remember when he got up and spoke in front of DOT and then when we went over, yes. as we said before, and that's all part of, it, it takes a village, right? It takes a village. Yes. It takes a team and the visionaries. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy that that I was able to be part of it. And uh, can't wait to come back very soon and see. Um, Look forward to seeing you. <laughs> yeah. Spend some time with you before I let you go. I know you're a big Miami Dolphins oh, fan. What's yes. Well, the upcoming NFL season. Give me your, give me hey, your ESPN take here. Hey, Super Bowl or bust, man. Super yeah, Bowl okay. Or bust. Super Bowl or bust. You know, we 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 got we got Vic on the defensive end, uh, defensive end now. You know, as the head of the 
of the defense, one of the best defensive coordinators that the league has ever seen. You know, we have we've we've increased our offensive potency just in case, just in case we have a good backup quarterback. But we know Tua is going to make it throughout the season. I'm going to show you that last year wasn't a fluke. And yeah, I saw Tyreek actually say oh, yeah? um, nice. 2,000 yards and Super Bowl this year is the goal. So I'm I'm on that Tyreek van and okay. Super Bowl are bust. And I got my season tickets back. So oh, I lost it during COVID because obviously we were in, well, the world was in lockdown for that first season. And then the second season, when the world was open, we were in lockdown. So I couldn't yeah. get out to games. So I lost my season tickets and was lucky enough to get the opportunity um, because somebody didn't renew. I was the first call. So. I'll, right, I'll, be gonna, we're gonna, I'll be we're there. I'll be there to see. We're going to have to look. We're going to have to see if the Dolphins and Cowboys are on the calendar this year. No, so, no, I don't. At least not at home. I don't know if okay, I have to okay. check the road game, but I don't. I know not at home because I would have circled that one for you. <laughs> oh man! Well, look, I'm gonna. I promise. Not only am I going to see in Cayman this year, but maybe I'll see you out in Miami, and we'll uh, we'll spend some time when you're out there for the game. Definitely. Uh, thank, thank you, my man, for taking time today. I know you got thank a you. lot of meet, meetings, things going on. Um, and yeah, say say hello to the family and to Shetty and the whole team from Health City and keep doing what you're doing, man. God bless. Thank you, brother.